I'm Shay. And I'm David. And you're listening to Board on the Air on CFCR, where we talk about board games and board game-related topics. On tonight's show, we will be discussing what we've been playing, the news, and we will actually do a main topic tonight. Yes, if, unless you get distracted again, we will definitely stay yeah, on it. Yeah, remind me again why we are why we have to repeat what our main topic is well, tonight, Dave? We may or may not have had a lot of news last week. Mm-hmm. Luckily... Because we had a lot of news last week, we have very, very little news this week. Yes, so we are, are expanding our discussion. We, we may expand. We may expand it. We'll see, see where we get. Um, our main topic, as we teased last week, is going to be about player aids and um, how, like explanations in rule books. Like what? Yeah. What, was, what were they called? There's player aids, and then there's basically glossaries. Yes. Right in the rule book. Appendices. Yeah, helper pages. Yeah. Um, that that are just set up there so that you can have a quick look, a guide, while you're playing instead of having to flip through the entire rule book. For sure. And yes, we may talk about rule books themselves and what makes good rule the, books. They, the, the main topic sort of lends itself to touching on rule books. Yeah. But we will get to that in a bit. Yes. First, we're going to start about what we've been playing. Mm-hmm. And I am going to go with Akrotiri. Uh, this is a two-player game that I've played about three ti- three or four times now with Norm. Uh, it's got some tile laying, sort of Carcassonne-ish, mm-hmm. where you're trying to match stuff up. And it has pickup and delivery, where there's goods that you're picking up and bringing back to the main island. And then finally, there's sort of trade routes you're trying to fulfill, or map tiles, or map cards, I believe they call them. And this is, as I say, a two-player game uh, that's got some some decent depth, and not a lot of take that or you know negative interaction between players. Mm-hmm. Uh, more and more two-player games are going this route. Uh, it used to be two-player games were war games that you fought against each other. Uh, there's more and more games that are using proven mechanics in an interesting way, but being modified to play at two players. Uh, one of the in Akrotiri, uh, there is a market board uh, with the goods on it, and as you put goods on the map, those the price of those goods gets higher. So the more goods on the map the more you can sell them for. Okay? Okay. Uh, So you're also trying to put uh, tiles down, and each tile has a color on it. And when you're trying to do the map tiles, it it shows you where you're putting your... uh, I think it's your temple. And the color of the tiles, or... I think they're just... They're temples or something. Mm -hmm. Have to be, like north or south or west of that temple that you're putting down and the more you get the more of each color has to be on each side so it's it becomes this puzzle as you're putting cards out while also trying to fulfill these map tiles which you do have to pay to put down in front of you right and then at the end of the game you're going to get points for what what you have out on the board what you've laid down uh it's a neat mechanic neat game uh-huh. and as a two-player i find it works very very well uh this is one i've looked at a few times i've seen it on kijiji a couple of times and 
have lowballed the people and they've denied me. Uh, it's it's a two player game and it's usually about thirty ish in the store, so it's not super expensive by any means. Yeah. So when somebody wants twenty or twenty five dollars for it used, I, I I sort of balk a little bit, you know. Uh huh. Uh, that goes back to my board game economics, where you know that may be worth more, but I'm not willing to pay more. Yeah, we're we're continuing on the idea of uh, you just don't want to spend money because you know you you say you don't want to spend thirty, you don't want to spend twenty, but you still don't have the game. Well, so the, I feel like you're behind on that part. I, I, it's it's not a winning solution. Yeah. Right. I mean, you haven't achieved your goal yet. Yeah. So. There, there, there's games I want that I just don't want to spend. That what they're worth. Uh huh. And you know, I go with the whole law of vassal where. If a game is good enough, it will come back into print, and then I can get it then. Right. Sure. But, uh, Shay, what did you play? I didn't play anything. Yes, you did. Did I? What yes. Did I, play? I don't know. Something over there? Something over there? Oh, right. We did play Quacks. I forgot. <laughs> I don't know what's been going on, man. Like, time still doesn't really exist for me. Um, but, yeah. We could talk about Quacks, one of our favorite games. Yes, um, this, this is another revisit. We, we've talked about this one a few times. Yeah, but I mean, I always like to remind people that this game exists, and it is relevant because isn't it getting an expansion? A new expansion came it's out getting, today. Oh, it came out today. Look at me on topic. Well, not two days ago when you're listening to this. Right, right. Today when we're recording. Today when we're recording. Two days ago, actually. Uh, but yeah, so expansion has come out yes uh and and by the time you hear this it may or may not be in our collection excellent so we will be getting it and so we might have to revisit it again because we'll have to play it but uh for those of you who don't know the game it is a bag builder so you are uh buying tokens to put into your bag that you then draw out to put into your your board which is a potion ingredients uh and they all have kind of effects so the actual goal of the game is you have your potion board in front of you, which is a spiral. And you are trying to place these tokens out and get as far along this spiral as you can because yeah. it gives you more victory points and more coins. Yeah. But the trick is, is there are white tiles you start with and they have numbers on them. Everything has a number on it. But the white tiles specifically, if you draw more than seven or... If you draw enough tiles that add up to more than seven, your potion explodes and you either get coins or victory points instead of both, which can be quite damaging depending on which point in the game you're at. Um, But classic push your luck game, uh, really fun. We've upgraded with the geek up bits so they feel really nice rather than, I think they were cardboard originally, right? Your initial ones were cardboard. Yeah, which we haven't played in so long. I don't even remember what they look like. But um, yeah, so we have the nice geek up bits. We have nice bags. It's... It's just so fun to play. And we play it with the Witches expansion. Herb Witches. Yes. Um, which give you these extra tokens uh, and extra powers that you can use to get more victory points or stop yourself from exploding or get more gems, more money. They change each game, same as what each of the ingredients does. That can change each game because there's a bunch of different uh, powers you can choose from that we usually randomize. Yeah, that's... We, with the expansion, each ingredient, or most ingredients, have four cards, and each card is double-sided, and so there's eight different options of what to choose from. Yeah. Uh, 
they have set ideas what works together or you just do it at random and most of the time we just do it at random sometimes that works sometimes it doesn't uh <laughs> yeah there, there's been times where it's been a bit of a slog yeah. to get stuff going but it's you know, not always. In, in general no matter what side you use there's something there to use yeah it's just sometimes it ends up there's there can be more than one ingredient that seems kind of useless. Like in this this game, there was definitely one. I think it was the yellow ones that I didn't even bother buying because they just, it didn't seem to be that helpful. Yeah, the yellow ones didn't bring a whole lot to the table. And, and yellow is usually one of my go-to colors. Yeah, it's usually a really good one. So it, it's going to happen, right? Yeah. You know, this is one, like, this is a game that we've played enough. Yeah. That I feel comfortable if we were going to do a re actual review of a game, this would be one we could do a review of. I would think so. I could, even I could comfortably uh, chat about this game, walk you through how to play it, um, and talk about the theme and how pretty the game is as much as I want, right? Yeah. It's one of the things I've seen on the Twitterverse or the game board game Twitterverse is how many times you have to play a game before you should be allowed to review it. Yeah. And, and we never, in my opinion, do a review of a game. No, I would say everything that we talk about, like what we've been playing, and if we talk about specific games, they're close to reviews, but I would consider them more our opinions on the yeah. game. Yeah. It's, Which, it, I mean, it's, could it, be a review, but... It, it's more just, you know, this is what we're playing, this is what we liked about it, but, you know, we don't have a scoring system for games. No, no, I don't. I don't even really look at the board game geek score for a lot of games. We go back and listen to our episode about underrated games, yeah, uh, and overrated games for more about that. For sure. But yeah, so, I yeah. think I think I'd be comfortable reviewing this one because we played it a lot. It's actually a really popular summer game for us. I think we play it more in the summer than in the winter. Yeah, it's it, it's one that we bring out for pretty much everybody. Yeah. Uh. I haven't really seen it fail with anybody where somebody's like, no, this game isn't for me. Yeah. You know, we've had we, we've had a few people that are like, this shouldn't work this way. You know. The statistics of it. Statistically, yeah. this is impossible, but it's what happened. Yep. Right? And it's, it's always a blast. And, and we do have some friends that get very excited playing this game. Yeah, if you like gambling, great game. But even people that we've played with that aren't gamblers still get into this game and, yeah. and still get just as excited about trying to pull that perfect chip out and pulling the wrong one when there's 10 good chips. And... Oh, I know. Yeah, I, I did that. But but yeah, it's fantastic game. I love talking about this game and it is one that I could comfortably recommend you buy. Yeah, definitely. It, it, it's between this and Wingspan, it's, it's two of the games that sell a lot. Yeah. And, and do very well because it they they both have a very wide appeal. Absolutely. Okay, that is what we've been playing. This is Board on the Air on CFCR. I am David. And I am Shay. And we are going to get into our news. Yes, our short news today because Dave talked about all the news last week. Well, the whole show. So last week there was a big release of a whole bunch of news. And I just wanted to touch on it, and I didn't think it would take as long as it did. Yep. But it did. It was really funny because I was watching the time, and I'm like, okay, we're going to stop soon, right? And we didn't. Yeah. 
Uh, first piece of news, Jamaica is getting a remake. Uh, I believe North Star Games is doing it. Jamaica is a race game. And is it jo- bob, bobsled? No, your, your pirate ships. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, it is, a lot of people really like this as a race game. It's some people's favorite games that I've seen. Uh, I've never played it. I believe Jordan's played it once. Uh, so I'm curious. Uh, maybe they'll do plastic ships or something like that. I'm That'd not sure how pretty the, the original, the pictures I've seen is okay. Yeah. Uh, some con, con news. Uh, Gen Con and UK Game Expo have both come out and said no masks will be mandatory at them. Uh, a lot of gamers are not super enthused by this. Uh, I'm, I don't think I would be comfortable with this. Not, you know, Canada is done pretty well for getting vaccinated, right? Uh, but even, even here, like the States isn't at, at our level. And even here it's like, okay, you have to just let me trust that these people have all been careful, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Essen is going, I wouldn't say a similar route, but... You know, if you can prove you're vaccinated or you can provide a negative test, then you can go maskless. Oh, okay. Uh, put a bit of work in for it. Yeah. Everybody else has to wear a mask. Yeah. Which I would be a lot more comfortable with. Yeah. Uh, Lots of articles and podcasts and YouTube videos in the last couple of weeks on cost of games and how it will be increasing. Yeah, did you see that really good Twitter thread that's been going around? Elizabeth Hargraves uh, shared it as shared well. Shared it. Yeah, I, I did read that one. I watched the uh, three-minute game or... Yeah, okay. Yeah, I forget yeah, the, the YouTube podcast. channel. YouTube channel on his one. Uh, I didn't watch the Quackalope one. Yeah. Uh, and there was a third part or another one that I can't remember who it was. But basically, the cost of shipping has increased dramatically yeah and a lot of that comes down to the cost of the containers it's getting on it's on a boat in a container it's the containers themselves like the sea cans uh shipping containers are three to four times as expensive as they used to be so what used to be two to three thousand dollars for a shipping container is now fifteen to twenty thousand dollars for a container which as this one twitter thread uh, that I recommend you go read if you can find it. Again, Elizabeth Hardgraves posted it. A lot of board gamers uh, uh, tweeted it as well. Um, they pointed out, like, you get through your Kickstarter. Maybe you're a small publisher. You get these games all built up. You know you're, you know, you got to get it to retail to be able to start making some money on it. But you, you got this all planned out. And then they described it as your board games being held hostage. Because yep. it's like you either pay that, which you weren't aware you were going to be pay, paying, or your game doesn't get shipped out. Yeah, it's the issue is with supply chain as bad as it is, there is so much product coming from Asia, uh, Korea, you know, China, all that that whole area. Yeah. Right. So containers are at a premium. Yeah. Right? It, it's not that there's not enough containers, it's just they're filling up so fast yeah. that the cost to do it is so much more. Uh, Thunderworks Games, who's got two Kickstarters going, <laughs> or trying to fulfill, which is Cartographer's Heroes yeah. and Roleplayer Adventures, uh, 
sent out their notice saying that the shipping cost is about 75 grand more than what they were thinking. Oh my gosh. Uh, they're not going to charge extra is what they've said. Yeah. You know, they said, if you do want to help go to their web store, buy something else, you know, back their other Kickstarter that's just finishing. Uh, there's lots of stuff they said, but you know, they're a bigger company and they said, because of that, they're okay. Yeah. But as you said, the smaller companies who based it on numbers they were given when they started their yeah. Kickstarter versus now are, are, are in trouble. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, they're not going to make money off of this. This, all of their profit has now gone to shipping. Yeah, because even any of the money they would have made in retail, it, yeah. it, it's all going to be paying that back, considering the cult of the new that exists, right? It's like, how long, unless that game has hard staying power, how long are they going to be able to get that profit from it, right? Yeah, and, you know, it's everybody's talking about how new games are going to slow down dramatically this year yeah. because of this. Yeah. And uh, the thing we should really point out, and that they are pointing out, is that people are leaving, like, death threats and hate messages on Kickstarter message boards and on their Twitter accounts because they're not going to be able to fulfill them by the dates. And yeah. everybody needs to calm down. I yeah. cannot stress this enough how much it annoys me. We, we are in a certain position where we were aware of this for a while because we work in a bike shop. Yeah. Where it's been hit hard as well. But please, do not attack the publishers. Do not attack the designers. Don't attack anybody for this. Because yeah. this is out of their control. And they they are doing their best. Yeah. And I respect that all of them seem to be absorbing the cost of the shipping. They are doing their best to get us the games that we are waiting for. Yeah, and it's... And that's the main thing is that they're doing everything they can, but at a certain point, it's out of their hands. Yeah, right. They're and, they're in a port. They you know, can't get here. <laughs> getting upset about a game not showing up. There, there's a lot worse things in this world. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm sorry. Everybody missed where we're still in a pandemic, or are we yeah. just we're just ignoring that part. Yeah. Uh, sorry, bugs me. Yeah. I I want to mention one thing I found on Twitter. Okay. That was uh that I found literally right before we started this show. Um. A game company I've never heard of called Jellybean Games yep. is uh, launching a Kickstarter in August called Cartouche, and it's meant to be you're playing as an archaeologist restoring uh, the murals of uh, Hatshepsut. Do you know her? No. She was the one of the greatest Egyptian pharaohs. She was the first female pharaoh. Okay. And she was super... She, she basically got erased from history because her... Uh, stepson slash co-pharaoh once he took over the throne um completely erased her memory and like they only unearthed her maybe like i think a decade ago or something like it was very recent that they found her and started finding information on her okay um so she's super interesting i really recommend you look up uh, her history and it's I like the idea of this game already because I'm just like, hey, look, history people don't know about being made into a game, right? You're not in the Wild West. You're not the freaking East trade route, right? Mediterranean trading. That's it's it. It's the only thing it's that the only should be thing. meant for games. It's the only, only economic game you can make. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I saw that. I've never heard of this game, so it's obviously a small indie company. Um, but it's coming to Kickstarter? But it's coming to Kickstarter, and it's a tile-laying game. It's a uh, Tetris-style game. So Cool. Yeah. 
looks neat coming on Kickstarter August 3rd. So I might look into this. Uh, and I recommend, even if you guys don't, look up uh, Hot Sup Shit. She's really interesting. Cool. So. Okay. You are listening to Board on the Air on CFCR, and we are going to finally discuss we the main will, topic we, we talked we, about last week. We will have a main topic this week. <laughs> uh, so what we're talking about is player aids or appendices, uh, glossaries, stuff that publishers, designers put in board games to help you play them. Yes. Uh, probably the most common one is a player aid. Yep. Uh, sometimes it's the size of a card. Sometimes I've seen it as big as a, you know, a 12 by 12 box. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. Well, and I think there's, there's things I kind of like, there's a, um, a cheat sheet kind of, which is that usually like the back page of the rule book. Yeah. Where you, it shows you the general knowledge. Uh, and usually it's that's where you'll find like general rules, what certain cards might mean, stuff like that. And then there's what I would consider the player aid, which is usually a smaller card or maybe like a couple cards that tell you how your turn is going to play and what actions you can do on your turn. Yeah. Is how I'd kind of define it. For sure. And, and some of those player aids go over symbols and that type yeah. of stuff. Uh, no. I mean, what's... T tell me what the point of them is. Like, like why, why, I would say everybody's in agreement, they can be useful. The, uh, definitely. Player aids can be very helpful in a game when set up properly. Yes. Uh, and when given enough of them. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's be clear. The biggest complaint about player aids, and I have not heard a single gamer not talk about this, is when you have a up to four, five, eight player game and they give you half to less than half of yeah. the amount of player aids you need for one, each player to have one. They're like, oh, just share with the person next to you. Yeah. No. <laughs> to me, the purpose of a player aid is everybody to have their own reference card. Yeah. Right? If you give me one for a, t a game of four people, I'm looking at you, La Isla. Uh... <laughs> It makes zero sense. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because some of those cards, if like, you've played yeah. it enough, the symbology works. But if you haven't, you need that card to look at. I, I like having the cards so, like, on my turn I can be clear, okay, these are the actions I can do. This is how the turn works. Um, it just, it makes it a lot easier when people are learning the game, right? It's just a nice little reminder as to what you can do and what you can't do. So... When they either give you, you know, like two player aids for a four-player game, um, or if they give you, say, a, cu a couple, but some of them are not in the same language. Yeah. Because I've seen, I don't know which game it is, but La I Isla. know. Is it La Isla? <laughs> yes. Where they give, oh, gosh, that game. Um, <laughs> where they give you it, and I'm all for giving different languages for the game. Pl yeah. Do that. But give one for each player in those languages if you're going to do that. Because giving four but in four different languages isn't helpful to anybody. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> it's funny because, you know, Stefan Feld, a lot of his games, the player aids are wonderful. Yeah. You know, Bora Bora, it's built into your main player board. So yeah. it's right there. Everybody has it. Yep. And then La Isla is terrible. Yep. Uh, you know. Castles of Burgundy, 
wonderful player aids. Mm -hmm. I use it every game mm -hmm. because I can't remember what those buildings do. You know what player aid I... Oh, yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. You know what player aid I actually really liked? The Anachrony player aid? It was wonderful. It was great. Like, yeah. it was so clear on what your actions were and what your turn was, yeah. which for a game that's as kind of massive as it is, uh, was awesome. I was so impressed by that. And they did give one for every player. Yeah. <laughs> Pulsar 2849, another one that has a nice player aid uh, that goes through the steps of each round so that you know yep. what you're doing. I, I like games that if they have like seven steps in a round that you're going around and around, yep. it lists them and you can follow that. Uh, yep. So the person who's teaching it can use it as a guide to teach as well. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And it, yeah, like uh, Anachrony, back to them, they have phases in their turns and it really helps you set up each round when there's like the reset to it. You can follow that really nice. Uh, Quacks is another one that has it built into the board. Yep. Um, not They don't have phases in them, but they do tell you how many of each tiles there are, kind of how it works there. Yeah, but you're following along in, yeah. in Quacks. It works really well. Uh, Feast for Odin's one that you haven't played. Nope. But the there's a bunch of stages to the round and you have a little wooden piece that you're moving down through each stage you do that round or that's that action and then you move on right mm -hmm. so it, it's built right into the game where that it, it works really well absolutely you know most of these games there is more complexity than to what's on the player board but it tells you enough yeah. that if you've played played the game it's enough of a reminder that you're not going to miss stuff Absolutely, yeah. The player the player aid is usually in games that are more complex. Like I'd yeah. say, definitely, because that's where you need them. Um, I'm I would say, even for games that have good player aids, um, I'm not a huge fan of double sided ones. I'm there's I'm hit and miss. The Anachrony one was good, but to be honest, I'd like to not have to flip the card every time I go to look at something. Right? Yeah. Like, I, I forget what I've seen on the other side of the card as soon as I flip it over. So it'd be great to, to not have that. <laughs> but at the same time, they're trying to make them the same size as the deck, so I kind of understand it. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, player aids that have too much writing aren't always great no, either. No, don't don't give me an essay on in tiny writing on a card. That's that's not helpful. Yeah. <laughs> you got to walk that fine line of not enough information and too much information. Yeah, I I don't need a complete summary of the rule book. Yeah. I I need guidelines. Yeah. I I need symbology what the symbols mean. Yeah. You know, that's that's the stuff on a player aid that I find helpful. Yeah. So cheat sheets which is what I'm going to call them from now on. I know there's an actual word for this. I cannot remember it for the life of me. But the ones that the summaries they do in rule books so yep. that you don't have to go through the rule book every time to find the general information. Do you think those work well with player aids? Do you think they're a good alternate? Like you should use them instead of player aids? Well, I, I, I find most games will do that instead of a player aid. Yeah. Like it, And a lot of the time, as you said, it is the back page of the rule book. You can lay it out. Uh, yes, we're back to the whole single player single aid. player yeah. aid for the table. Yeah, uh, but a lot of the time it's it's a little bit more in depth than a play like an actual little card or a little cardboard piece, so that it it's it's there so 
if you have more in-depth questions, yeah. you can find the answers, right? It, it, it's a quick reference to the rest of the game. Yeah, reference guide. I think that's yeah. the word I'm looking for is reference guide. So I, I, I would say I'd like to have both because I don't like having to, every time I have a question, grab the rule book. Yes. Um, but if there is something that's like explain this card or maybe more about what the symbology means, having that one page in the book might actually be very helpful to have. Yeah. So I, I like both of them. I think they can be done very well. They can also be done very poorly. And honestly, any I, I we're a small town podcast. There's no way any pod any board game people actually listen to us. But if you do for some reason, if you make a game and you put not enough player aids in there, I will not buy your game. I'm sorry, you've lost me. <laughs> okay, I'm David, and I'm Shane. Have a great night. Talk to you next week. <laughs>